0: You love the Lord today. Amen. A nod is good. Yeah. yeah. God loves you. He always He's for us. It doesn't leave us. He cares about what you care about today. And our hearts are a main thing. Our hearts are a main thing when it comes to knowing God because he knows everything about us, right? We can't hide anything. We don't want to even try to hide. God knows it all. And the good thing that even when God knows it all, he's, he's, he's reaching out to you, reaching down to you. You may have loved ones and people in your life that you care about, that you're praying for, that you want God to get a hold of them. God's heart is going out to them. And through your prayers and through your love toward them, there is hope. There is hope for redemption. As our Redeemer liveth, our God is alive. Our God is for the church. Our God is for his bride. Someday he will come back for his bride, his church. And we want to be ready. We the church, we the bride are getting ready. And I want to talk a little bit today about our hearts, our, our center of our, of our whole being. I believe that's center of, our, center of us, which is our heart. That's where God the Holy Spirit wants to dwell. He wants to be seated on the center of your heart. And when you keep them on the center of your heart, things go better. Things are lighter. You have more assurance that things are going to work out. That things are going to come together as God sees fit and in God's timing. One of the Proverbs chapter 4 is my text today. Maybe while you're finding that, I wanted to just prelude with another verse from Jeremiah. I'll just read it Seventeen. Chapter 17 of Jeremiah, verses 9 to 10. See, so Jeremiah addresses the heart here, and he says, The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. And so, what Jeremiah is expressing. Is that we all have a problem. We've been born into this world with a sin problem, with a sin nature. And our heart is desperately sick. You see, we don't have to look very far to see what man is trying to do. Because with a sick heart, with a sick nature, we make a mess out of things. We begin to be self-centered. We begin to be self-seeking. We begin to seek that which will gratify only the flesh. And the flesh is just a temporary thing. And what God is saying to us is that I want to come into your hearts and give you a new heart. I want to give you a new heart because then when you have a new heart, you will have a new focus. And you will have a new understanding. You will gain wisdom. And wisdom, first of all, Proverbs says the beginning of wisdom is the fear God. Right? You remember that? Beginning of... The Of wisdom is to fear God. And one of the Old Testament persons. Solomon if you remember. Was put in a position. Where he became king. Following his father David. And Solomon. He started out pretty well. He really did. As long as he was following the Lord. He was doing okay. And God came to Solomon. In a dream. And he asked Solomon. Solomon what would you you request. From me. And Solomon said that I might have wisdom. What a great, what a great answer. And God was 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 so blessed by it. He said, you know what? Because you haven't asked for riches or for things for your own self, I'm going to give you those, but I'm going to give you the wisdom that will exceed no other man from this point on. And so Solomon had wisdom beyond the normal, beyond his own ability. And to prove it, right off the bat, there were these two ladies. They both had babies, and one—the one, one lady—baby died in the night because she laid on that baby. Remember that story. And they brought this baby. They were both. They were at, uh, in opposition. What had happened? As you understand this story, Solomon said, well, "Bring me a sword. We'll cut the baby in two. We'll give a half to." You. This lady and half the other baby, you know, of course, what he was doing. He found out who the true mother was. Because he said, no, give it to this. That was, that was the true mother. And so for that story spread throughout the kingdom at that time, God had given wisdom. And that was just one example of the wisdom that Solomon said. But as, as much wisdom as Solomon had, toward the end of his period of his reign, you read about how Solomon's heart was taken away, was deceived. His heart wasn't like it used to be because he had many wives and many concubines, and it says his his wives stole his heart away. What a sad situation. Now, I'm not here to judge Solomon, but I'm just here to warn us that every one of us has the potential to grow in our, in our relationship with the Lord or to just come casual, become slack and kind of coast along. And I'm here to encourage you as a scripture we're going to about to read in Proverbs chapter 4. It's, it reads at verse 20, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their whole body. Isn't this interesting how that the word of God brings healing to our bodies? By merely keeping the word of God into our heart, taking the word of God into our heart actually has benefits. Not only spiritually, but physically. And then you read read on verse 23, watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs of life. So only you and I can watch over our heart. I can't watch over your heart. God knows your heart, but God gives you the free reign of free will. He gives you the matter of choice. You are not programmed like a robot to go be a slave for Jesus. You are called into relationship with him so that you walk in obedience with the Lord because there's a love connection with God. It only becomes mechanical when it becomes religion. And we have to be careful that I have to be careful that I do not allow my heart to become mechanical and go through the motions. I have to guard that often. And for you and I to watch over our hearts, so number one, how do, we, how do we guard our hearts from getting misled or misdirected or becoming callous or becoming sort of coasting along and not really pursuing the things of God like we ought to? What is it that will keep us? It will be that which we give, how much attention we give to the Word of God, number one. The Word of God is a light unto us. Our, our path, a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, A word of God illumines and, and look at it this way you sometime when you go to work and you're around the, the world you're around you're in the world, but you're not of the world, but you live you you feel this uh, this this depression, you feel this almost a, 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 a cause of kind of a Oppression, and you feel, I just need to go to God's Word. I need to get something. I need to be, let the filter, let it, just let the filter, filter out the things that are on my heart. If you found that out, then sometimes things begin to latch on to our heart, begin to, all of a sudden we find ourselves thinking about things that really don't, don't really build us up, they don't really do any good. But only that which is the word of God, that which will last forever and ever. I have often thought of Psalm thirty seven four, it's become a you know a real popular verse. I know in our Christian movement, you probably know it when I read it. Delight yourself with the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, So then I can ask the Lord for anything. You know, I'd like to have a lot of money. I'd like to have a nice new truck. The list could go on and on. You could have a Christmas list. Well, look at the verse closely. Delight yourself in the Lord. All of a sudden, this, this is what begins to happen. The things of the world become less important. Delight yourself in the Lord, all of a sudden. God may bless you with a new, you know, new things, new, new, new whatever, whatever might be something that would, you would be glad with, but it doesn't ever take the place of because your relationship with Jesus is more precious than anything you can buy on this earth. It's more precious than anything. We don't have enough money. We could never get enough money to, to purchase what Jesus has to offer to us. Delight yourself with the Lord. I'll give you the desires of your heart. All of a sudden we we find ourselves more at peace with less. All of a sudden we find ourselves being more fulfilled with less of this world. The less of this world, the more of Jesus, the better off I am. And we begin to walk, not not just so not that we, we don't appreciate what we have and that's what I'm not what I'm saying but that we keep first and foremost God seated upon our heart love the Lord God with all your heart He says let not these things begin to creep in Let not the things of the world begin to become more important it's just like when Proverbs 16:1 through 3 reads the plans of the heart belong to man in other words God gives you a will gives you a mind the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs the motives. Commit your ways to the Lord, and your plans will be established. So if we're not sure about making a decision. I find this a very key verse. What we read was when we commit our ways to the Lord, our plans will be established. So we're trying to get something going. We're trying to maybe have a business or something, for example. And what we need to say, Lord, you're in this. You, if you're forced for this, I'm going to leave this at your feet. I'm going to trust you now when I step out. I'm going to commit now my works to you. I'm going to commit this to you. And then I'm going to go out and by faith and see what happens. If you're going to, you, you, will, you will direct me. You live by that. You live by that you know what sometimes it says yes go for it I'm for it and sometimes it says no wait and sometimes it said no but it doesn't throw us off it doesn't throw us off we may get back get back and say Lord, okay I'm gonna direct I'm gonna t- wait to you I'm gonna have I need your direction because my heart and my walk with you is more important than anything in this world, I must keep my, my eyes upon you. Which brings me to number two, besides giving attention to His Word, having a, a, a consistent walk with Jesus. Number number two, that you keep uh, uh, eyes out for Him, a regular regular examining of your own heart. Verse twenty three watch over your heart with all diligence see i read in jeremiah that our heart is desperately sick we are in need we're desperately sick so with our heart being empty without god we're apt to do something very foolish and very selfish we're apt to only pursue the things that are only temporary in our life but when we examine our hearts as God examines our hearts, and we look into our heart and say, Lord, am I walking with you? Am I keeping the faith? Am I in fellowship with you? Watch over your heart. With all diligence for from it flow the springs of life. No one can, no one can do that for you. You and I have responsibility. You and I have responsibility to, to draw from the well of this living water. You and I have the responsibility and the privilege to draw an eye to God and he draws near to you. He he has a vast supply, a fresh wave of the Holy Spirit every day. He has a fresh wave of mercies lamentations as his mercies are new every morning so whatever's happened yesterday that's gone that's past all we have is right now all we have is right now we can we can get up afresh and anew even through the middle of the day we may feel like we were having a hard day and we come to christ and say jesus you understand all that's going on here and i give it to you I bring my heart to you. You see, our heart is like a garden. I mean, some folks like the garden. A little little bit cold now to have a garden. But we have to have winter, and then we can have spring, right? And we have spring, and then we have summer, and it all works together. But Some of you, how many like to have something planted in your garden? You like to do that? Even if it's flowers, it's something pretty to look at. Yeah. Well, you know what? Just just a matter of time, it seems like because of the world that we're in, it doesn't take long for first until some crabgrass or some weeds begin to break up to the soil, right? Why is that? Because Adam and Eve sinned, because there's a curse to the ground. And God never intended for us to live this way, but this is because of sin, where our heart is desperately sick. And so now, when our heart is like a garden, we need to pull some weeds. So, my heart, sometimes I have to be careful that I do not allow a root of bitterness, a weed. Maybe it's like a dandelion. I hate those things. They come up, you know, and uh, you, see you can throw out all the stuff on the grass and you knock them down. But guess what? In a few few weeks, they start popping up again. What is it about them? It's just like our life. It's just like we have to keep constantly guarding our heart that we do not go where we shouldn't go or allow thorns or allow the wrong roots to be, get a hold of us. And so I, I liken it to a garden, and we need to keep the soil of our heart soft. And what happens if we harden our heart? We harden our heart, we can't receive truth, or we become unteachable. We become, we stop growing. We become hard, And Hosea warned in his day, the soul with a view to righteousness Hosea 10, 12, reap in accordance with kindness, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes to rain righteousness on you. Isn't that a great verse that speaks to us that we sow with a view to righteousness. But in order for that seed to take plantation or take root, that soil needs to be conditioned that soil and right now we need to be praying for our our country and our nation that the soil of the heart the soul of our nation the soil of its of the heart will be conditioned by the help of the holy spirit to receive truth if we're ever going to have any kind of a of a future here but the lord knows all about it The Lord knows all about what's going on in our world. And he's seeking after those who will give him their hearts. He just wants their hearts. And he will take it from there if he will just start with giving your hearts. This is the great thing about our Lord. We don't have to be all cleaned up before we come to God. It's a misconception by the enemy, to think, well, you've sinned so great, you've sinned so far, you're so far gone, there's no hope for you. Well, that's, a, that's a lie of the enemy. And the fact of the matter is, no matter how hard the heart is, only God can crack. And sometimes he uses means and situations to soften the heart. One the greatest Condition of the heart are at memorial services. Some of the greatest evangelistic opportunities are at memorial services. Because you have people that are thinking about what happens after death. They're already mourning their lost loved ones. And you have opportunity. And so wherever you are at in life, wherever situation, wherever you're dealing with your your neighbors, your friends, your family. Don't be surprised that sometimes people are, are beginning to open up when they're, break, they're broken, when they become, they're broken inside and they become accept, uh, receptive to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, God doesn't bail on us when things get going tough. God doesn't, well, turn his back upon us when he goes out of his way He's often known as we know the Holy Spirit reaches out to those who are, are on the down coast and he goes after that person. You see, I've heard testimony of people that even when they knew they were on the wrong track, they knew that somehow God was still intervening and sparing them from destroying themselves because God has a plan. Isn't it interesting how that when we give up but we think it's no hope and God comes through? So often, because God is, is not limited. God is able to save. But there's always this old will that stands in the way. Oftentimes our will. That we need to be surrendered to God. Oh Lord, search my heart and know me. Test yourself. 2 Corinthians 13:5 to see if you're in the faith, examine yourselves. It's just sometimes way too easy to get in a, in, a, in a, and just sort of go into the motions. So I must seek and watch over my own heart. I must watch with diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Your heart is where God wants to be seated. Your heart is that place where God wants to dwell the most. So thirdly, Keeping your eyes on Jesus will help us stay on the course. Keeping your eyes looking for Jesus, looking to Jesus in every situation. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud, Hebrews 12, one and two of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance. I thought about this verse lately, and I thought, you know what? If I start listing all the people that I know have gone before in the, to the Lord, that list is getting pretty long. <laughs> That list is getting really, really exciting to know that there are people in heaven that that have run the race that have, that are waiting for us. And this verse reminds us. I don't. I don't know. We, there's no proof that they can see us down here. I kind of feeling they they can't, but that doesn't mean that God cannot show them a glimpse. But wouldn't it be something if we had a glimpse of your loved ones say, Yes, yes, keep it up. Don't quit because this place—it will—it will be beyond your imagination. Heaven itself, if you could just see now who people have become in the in the realms of glory. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, that there are people that have been that have been sold out over the years and have lived the life and have entered into their to their glory. But right now, we're on a race. Every one of us are running. This life, and it's not who wins, it's not who comes in first, it's not about you know being fast, it's just staying with it, being steady, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith. Why did Jesus come down to this earth? Why would God Almighty in heaven leave what He what, he, what was glorious? What was splendor? Why would he come down and humble himself and becoming a human? Why would he do this? Only because God so loved the world. For God so loved people. For God sees your heart. For God sees and looks even today. His eyes move to and fro throughout the earth, seeking a heart in whom he can dwell in. And when he sees a heart, for example, David was a man known as a man of God's after God's own heart. And when you see how David, King David, was a boy and how he ministered to the Lord. David was known for one who was a praising person. He was a worshiper. David often would would play his instrument and he would worship his Lord. What we, we we understand about David, if you read his story, it bothered David after he cut the clothes. Off, part of the clothing of King Saul who was out to destroy his life, and it bothered his conscience so much that he had to make it right. And he had time when he and his men could have seized King Saul and could have taken him, but David chose not to. What was it about David? And David, as much as he loved the Lord God, he allowed his heart for a moment to take his eyes off Jesus and he, and he fell into sin, fell into an adulterous situation. It just shows me how we need to constantly be guarding our hearts. Watch over your heart with all diligence as David had to suffer the consequences of that situation. But God... Brought him back. Brought him back. Yes, he, he was disciplined. But David, you read in the Psalms, he says, created me a clean heart. What David felt was that distance. He felt what sin does to us, a distance. It brings distance. It brings, we want to hide from God, because we don't feel right. When there's sin in our heart, we feel guilty. And thank God we do, because that the help of the Holy Spirit wants us to deal with it. He doesn't want us to stay away from Him. He doesn't want us like Adam and Eve, how they ran away from God. God was used to walking with them in the in the, in the garden and having fellowship. And then God knew what was going to happen, and God then looks for Adam and Eve, and they go, well, they blamed each other basically. Adam did, really. And God asked him a question, who told you that you weren't clothed? God knew. But he was trying to get them to confess. And isn't it interesting how our heart, when pride, 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 stands in the way. What God can't deal with, what God can't work through is a proud heart. Only a humble hearts. Hearts that are saying, Lord, I'm not perfect. I realize I'm, I'm not what I ought to be. I fall short. But by your grace, by your grace, I'm going to go forward. And I'm not going to look at myself and my own strength because I have weaknesses. But Jesus, my eyes are on you. My eyes are on you. My eyes are on you and what you've done for me. My eyes are on the cross that you took for me. My eyes are on you. You finished the work that I could never finish. You finished the, you paid for the penalty that I could never finish. And remember this, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Yesterday has gone. It's not how we start. It's how we finish. We finish this race by looking to Jesus, by surrendering to him daily. We look to him. We allow the word of God to become our the screen, the screen our hearts, our minds, to begin to build faith within our hearts and how uh, we understand that just about every leader about just about every person that God chose to to move through and minister through they, every one of them failed that should give us hope right there every one of them had their moments of testing God is not looking for perfection. He's looking for hearts that will say, I come just as I am. And let me do the work in you. Let me change your heart. Let me make you what I want you to be. That you are becoming God's man or woman. That you are becoming more and more like him. That what God sees is the heart of, of the Savior that God would see the heart of Jesus in you and I? Because indeed He dwells within us. And isn't it interesting how He instructed the disciples when the disciples said, Jesus, we want us to chase these children off. What did He do? He said, let the little children come to me. And he gave illustration. Unless you become like one of these. What he's saying is, unless you become like a child who who looks up, who's dependent upon their parents, is not caught up with pride, is not caught up with itself, but they simply say yes, like a child. You'll never get into the kingdom. And so God is calling us to be children, to be, just to be who we are, to be his child, to belong to him. If you're his child, you belong to him. If you belong to him, then you're on your way. He has a place for you and I. If you belong to Jesus. And so from time to time, I think it's good for the heart to sing a children's song. Amen. The children's songs. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. And on it goes. Really. Why do we make it so hard? Why should we try to make it so hard? And the gospel is very simple, but very powerful. That a child can say, Yes, I want you, Jesus. And they're in, they're born again. And they start from there and they learn how to walk with Jesus. And so as the church moves on and as the church grows in uh, maturity, let it never lose. Are childlike, not to be childish, but Paul, what he meant was be, not to be like a child in, in selfishness, but to, Jesus said to be as a child in dependence. That's the difference. Maybe we never become so mature that we could never even sing a children's chorus again. You know what I'm saying? Watch over your heart. I remember as a child, it was so easy to cry. It was just easy to cry in the Lord's Prayer. That's, that's all I could do. When there was times of worship in the church, and I knew that God was real. I just knew that he was in my heart. I knew that he came into my heart, one very particular moment, one very special moment in my church that I grew up, and I remember a brother, Glenn Galt, praying, and I just felt the presence of Jesus. And so I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose that tenderness. See, the world would love, that Satan would love. You make your heart hard, become hard. Because it's so filled with so many weeds. All right. I don't think we want to live that way. I want to live with a tender heart. Quick to forgive. Slow to speak, the scripture says, quick to hear. Maybe we listeners, maybe less quick to bring judgment, to be a judge, judge someone's heart. I can't judge. I don't know people's hearts. I may think I do, but God only knows their heart. And so maybe we just patient, with the help of the Lord, and somewhere in. Person's hardest, no matter how hard, no matter how resistant, when God lays His hand upon that person, the hardest of hearts can melt and break. Surrender His presence. Chosen to sing.